Damian Lillard reportedly sought to return to the Portland Trailblazers if he couldn't land in Miami but was told no by Joe Cronin. That is the latest nugget in this melodrama that is slowly coming to an end, mercifully, at some point, maybe by next week's training camp. Who knows? But anyway, welcome to the Oregonian Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Fentress, along with my co-host, Brenna Green of Coin6. Brenna, how's the last two days been for you, my pal? Oh, you know. Uh, let's see. 11.22 on Wednesday, I get a call. It was, I, I think probably the news dropped uh, a mere two minutes before. I'm going to go around that. Hey, can you come in for the noon show? <laughs> I looked, uh, you know, viewers, uh, the listeners cannot see me currently right now. But um, let me tell you, as, as I said uh, going into this podcast, I currently look fresher than a daisy. Uh, Brenna's a hot mess. No, yeah, <laughs> but, well, I mean, you know, we're both surviving. I'm kidding. Okay? I'm kidding. Yeah, 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 I probably am. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm fine to admit it. Um, yeah, I mean, I had, uh, I think I literally had, <laughs> literally think I had the same outfit on as what I'm wearing right now, which is a big sweatshirt, my fuzzy sweatpants, which I love. <laughs> I was eating some, eating the few, like an energy bar and was like, all right, let's do it. I somehow got in. I have no idea how, um, and made it for the noon and actually got, um, got into the studio a minute before my self-imposed deadline. So there we go. Um, had no script, just went for it on TV. Um, so, you know, that's always a good time, but, uh, yeah. And you know, ever since then, you know, we've been, we've been getting through it. How are you? You know, I figured the trade was coming soon. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone figured it was. Everyone yeah. was talking about before camp, right? And so it was one of those things where it's like, when is it going to happen? Now, the Blazers scheduled the media mixer for Wednesday at 5. And yes. I asked someone with the Blazers on Tuesday. I said, is this trade going to go down by tomorrow? And they were like, no clue, no idea. And I'm thinking, it would be kind of an awkward mixer if – the thing hanging over everyone's head is this Dame trade, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's all anyone's going to talk about, I would think. Um, it's a mixture between staff and management and media to just hang out and talk and, you know, kick it and eat hors d'oeuvres and, and everything's off the record. So I kind of thought, man, this thing may go down Wednesday. It goes down Wednesday, but they canceled the mixer anyway, which I thought, so there the clearly was no correlation there. But it just all seemed kind of kind of weird and like okay something f- might be happening soon, and when it, but when it hits when, like when it actually happens it's just like everything in life stops right yeah for, for our jobs it doesn't matter what you have going on everything stops yep. for the next ten hours uh, but we all knew it was coming so you're mentally prepared for it but when it hits it's just like wow here it is um, but everyone knows what went down in the trade I mean the, the Blazers got Aiton. Um, and a second round, a guy who was drafting us to Kamara, taking a second round from Phoenix. Nasir Little, Nurkic, Keon Johnson went down to Phoenix. And then Grayson Allen, basically Grayson Allen, Holiday, a first, two swaps, go to Portland with Grayson going down to the Suns. And uh, that leave out anything? And the Dame, Dame goes to the Bucks. Um, everyone sort of knows that. And yeah. people have been just bashing to death was a good trade was a bad trade blah 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 we're going to get to the trade itself in a little bit but first we want to talk about what i talked about at the top of the show mm-hmm. the idea of lillard 
putting it out there that he would be open to returning to the Blazers if he couldn't land in Miami. This was two months after the trade request. Things had already gotten heated. He had demanded Miami, and he, he his camp was were telling people, telling other teams, don't even bother trading for him because he'll be an unhappy player, et cetera, et cetera. So things had gotten really messy by that point. And according to Chris Haynes' report in the Bleacher Report, Joe Cronin said, we can't walk this back. Um, we reached out, or I reached out to Blazers last night and was told no comment at this time. Uh, so anyway, you know, Cronin's going to have to talk about it on Monday. But mm-hmm. the topic of discussion right now is, could that have worked and should Cronin have explored that? And I can go either way on this, but I want to I start with you yeah. and what you think. There was also a report in The Athletic that said that Dame was fine with coming back while they worked on a trade package. And I think that was, I I think it was more so like, I'll come. I I don't think that it was a situation where it was like, I'll come back for good and blah, blah, blah. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. So, okay. So I I looked into that and it was both. What I'm told is it was both. It was, I would be willing to come back. And then it was also, I would at least be willing to come back to give you guys more time to get me to Miami. And that that part of it, the, the first part of it, of him being told you can't come back, period, and that he was open to that idea was rebuffed. I have that confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't read what The Athletic stated, but Chris Haynes on his podcast said both things were true, but he didn't write about the second part. He only wrote about, the request to return. He didn't write about the idea of coming. Also, if you, if I can't come back for good, I'm willing to come back until you can get me to Miami. Um, that was in his podcast, but not in his, in the article. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, who knows exactly how it went down. Um, this obviously is from Dame's version, what Chris wrote about. So whatever. Anyway, go ahead. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a tough situation. I, I can understand. Yeah. I, as you said, you can kind of understand both sides. Um, the damage was done. It's, it's a tough situation in this league when a player only asks for one team to be traded to because you are automatically weakening the team you are leaving from in terms of the trade market. You're you're just gonna put, but you're not gonna get the trade package. That team is not gonna get the trade package that they want, um, because because the the other team knows that the other player wants to go there. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously the Blazers would have like Blazers fans would have would have welcomed Dame back, but a culture, you know, you you wonder how long things would take. Culture-wise, to shift back. I don't... God, it's just... It's all so messy. It's 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 a very <laughs> messy ridiculous. divorce. I understand... You know, it's like... It's one of those things where you understand both sides. You understand Dame wanting, wanting to be like, okay, I'd like to go back. And then you can also understand Cronin being like, well, you already said you weren't coming back and now we have to hold you to this. So it's, it, 
I don't know. <laughs> I guess I'm I'm just I'm in my feels about it. Okay, right. I'm in my feels about it because you know, for me, like I, it's kind of all crystallized to me last night, especially after he uh, came out with you know his eight page long statement, um, just addressing everything in in Portland. And, you know, for me, like, I kind of feel like my career in journalism mirrors Damian Lillard's career with the Blazers. And like, they both kind of started around the same time. I mean, I was at his, you know, first workout uh, for the Blazers. And then Mm -hmm. I ended up like, you know, finally coming in and getting back to my hometown and covering his last year on the Blazers. So it's just been, you know, it's, it's, it kind of feels like, and I think for a lot of people, it feels this way that it's the end of a chapter. But for me, it's a little bit different because it feels like an end of the chapter, like in this odd way, professionally as well. Um, And so it's, it's just been, I think the last like particularly 12 hours for me have been like, okay, we got through like the actual trade it's happened. And, and, and then once the note came out, it was like, Oh, okay. This is more like real. So it's like, processing that in a weird way um Mm. but yeah i mean i know i know this is not the not the hot take that everybody wants but i can understand both sides i can understand damien wanting to come back and i also can understand joe cronin being like we can't have that you know like this this you've already you've already drawn your line in the sand now cronin did say at his media availability at summer league that he would welcome Damien back. So something right. but, but Okay, but that was early July. Exactly. That's eight weeks, seven weeks before, right? So, okay. <clears throat> so you, you gave your perspective from your personal connection to the entire thing. Yeah. I'm going to start with my personal connection to the entire thing. I've yeah. been on Dame Lillard to get out of Portland for four to five years. And every time he would say, I'm loyal, I'm going to stay here, I'm never, I'm, I'd be rolling my eyes thinking, okay, we'll see what happens when you get to 30. Because everything changes when you pass 30 mm-hmm. in sports because now you start seeing the end of your prime. You start seeing the yes. end of your career. I wrote an article in 2000 saying basically it was completely unrealistic for Damian Lewis to stay in Portland if they can never contend from both sides. It would be ridiculous for Damian to just let his career just be just filled with mediocrity and continue that. And it would be ridiculous for the Blazers to hold on to a guy and watch him age making $50 million a year when you have no chance to contend. Now, when I wrote this, of course, people trashed me and that was fine. But I believe that ultimately we were headed toward this. So at the end of the day, even if Damian wanted to come back to Portland, why? Like, And I get that you love Portland. And he told yeah. me over the summer, I either want to be in Miami or I want to be in Portland. I don't really want to leave Portland, but we're not trying to win. There you go, right there. We're not trying to win. You know what? They aren't trying to win. Not no. on your timeline. So no. why would you want to stay here and be frustrated more? You just had the best season of your career. And then at the end of it, you were asked to tank. So they could get a better pick to trade to help you. And then they didn't trade the pick to help you. So why do you want to come back and raise youngins and be 42 and 30 or 42 and 40 at best? When you can go somewhere else and win a title, it makes no sense to me. At the end of the day, the only thing Damian didn't get was Miami, right? Yep. But, oh, my God, he's going to go to the team that had the best record in the league, has the greatest freak in the league, one of the top three players in the league, 
The fit is amazingly it's, perfect. It's great. If you don't win a title there, Damian, it's probably on you unless someone gets injured. So if you go in there and you're Damian Lillard, how do they not win it? Just happenstance or things happen or whatever. It's the perfect situation for him to win. So the idea of him coming back, okay, how would that work? So if the Bla- so the, the Blazers could have gotten Aiton without the Lillard component to Milwaukee. They could have included a different team or found a different way to get someone like Grayson Allen to go down. I mean, you can find that guy to help make that thing work. So you can trade for Aiden, and then you go out and just sign a decent small forward. Kelly Oubre, clearly flawed, but he's got length. He's got athleticism. Dame loves him. He tried to get Oubre to come to Portland two years ago, right? But Oubre went to the Charlotte because he got more money. Um, you bring him in, you add another vet or two, because you had the mid-level expect two mid-level exceptions. You had a couple of vet or two, so you got some adults on the bench, unlike last season. And then you roll into the season and you're gonna be pretty solid. If you're starting Dame with Ant and Sharp playing the two, rotating there, and Sharp playing some three along with Ubre or whatever, and then you got Little, excuse me, um, Matisse, and then you got Grant with Chris uh, Murray, and then you got you know, Aiton, that's a pretty solid team that's gonna probably get you to the postseason. But Dame would have to be happy with just that. You're exactly. probably not going to truly contend, but you're probably going to get to the postseason. And then if you did all that for Dame, Dame can't come back and say, now I want out. Well, no, well, you just committed to this. We're going to ride this out for at least a couple more years. But why? I believe, here's the thing. And I said this all summer, even though I was pushing for the Miami thing to do right by Dame, I also always added that it, as long as he goes to a place where he can smell a ring, he's going to be cool. And I never bought for one second that Damian Lillard would walk into Milwaukee and tell Giannis, I don't want to play for you, man. I want to be in Miami. Really? Giannis would dunk him. Who are you? You don't want to play with me. I just never believed that would ever be a thing, right? Because Dame is a basketball player first and foremost. And if you just think about all the bigs he's played with since LaMarcus, right? What has been the most glaring? Like they need athleticism, height. Good rim protectors, someone who can run the floor with them. You got that in one guy. Plus, you got Lopez, right? A great rim, rim, protect, rim protector who can shoot the three, by the way. I mean, and then Middleton, you got to sit. So he goes from playing with all these short guys to playing with 6'8, 6'10, and 7 foot, all legitimate ballers. It's the perfect situation. When they're 12 and 0, he's going to forget Portland exists because he's going to say, oh my God. I'm really, I really got a chance to win a championship. So, is it, would there have been a path to maybe make it palatable and bring him back? Maybe, but my whole thing the whole time has been why, for years, why? Dame, go somewhere and win. Let the Blazers get assets, and then down the line, you can come back to Portland with your fancy shiny ring and retire a Blazer if you want. And now there's there's all this, this you know animosity right now going on between Dan's camp and Crony and blah 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 blah. Everybody's gonna get over it, dude. One hundred percent. Here's Whatever. what's gonna happen. And like I did in Milwaukee and playing in the most amazing situation he's ever been. He's gonna feel a, a, a weight lifted off of him where he doesn't have to carry things. He's not the best player on the team. And it's going to, from a basketball standpoint, he's going to feel like it be a freeing situation. It's going to be completely less stressful for like an artist being given a, a, the greatest canvas ever with the greatest palette of colors and brushes, et cetera, et cetera. And he's going to go out there and he's going to flourish. And as he goes out there and does that, all of the angst and the pain and the animosity and the they did me wrong is going to dwindle. 
Because at the end of the day, whether Goodwin got involved and got the Bucks to, to understand that Dane would come there and that opened the door for negotiations with Portland or whatever did what to where, who, how, what, when, the bottom line is you went to absolutely the perfect spot for you from a basketball standpoint. And once he accepts that, he's going to look back at the situation and start to see clear, more clearly the things he probably didn't do right. And then you start accepting culpability. And while you accept culpability, you forgive the other person's transgression. And then you realize at the end of the day, you had two completely conflicting entities who clashed. But at the end of the day, Thanks for the sound effects. they both got what they wanted. And the Blazers are better off moving forward. Zero doubt about that. And Dame is 150 billion percent better off right now. So. No, I don't blame Cronin at all. I think Cronin looked at it like, no, this isn't best for us. And you know what, Damien? It ain't best for you because we're not going to win on your timeline, bro. We're just not. There's nothing we can do about it. So go somewhere where you can win. And that's where he is. First of all, Aaron woke up ready to go this fine morning. (laughs) It is 1030 and he is he is attacking the day. With the force of a million suns. Um, <laughs> secondly, I appreciated your therapy session as uh, your, as as that went on. Um, um, Aaron, th- therapist Aaron showed up in the house a little bit there. I have uh, a psych minor, you know, just so you know. I'm okay, all right, there we my go. My rates are cheap. My my rates are cheap. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, you know, it kind of reminds me of like. We've all we've all been in this situation. It reminds me of like you go through a breakup. Things aren't quite going the way you imagined mm-hmm. after the breakup happened. You end up seeing your ex and then you're like, well, maybe that was actually okay. You know, and I can understand why Damien, after he didn't get exactly what he wanted during the breakup, kind of trickled back in and was like, well, maybe this can work. You know, we've all been there. We've all done it. So, you know, there are so many emotions going on for him. This is his home, as he stated in his goodbye letter. And this will continue to be his home, regardless of if he's here or not. So I can understand why this was a... Why he got, in in that moment, was like, well, maybe I can come back. Maybe I can do this. Because... He was tired, you know, he was tired. He was worn down. He'd gone through this war for, you know, however many weeks, however many months. And, you know, so I can understand it's, it's a classic ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend situation. And I will say in that sort of situation, as you said, I respect Cronin for saying no dice. I can also understand why Damien was a little upset by saying no dice but all is well that ends well. And boy, do I think this ended well at the end of the day. And it will, con- and it will continue to end weller, if that makes sense. <laughs> right. Let's go, let's go back to uh, 2021, <clears throat> right? Mm-hmm. Dane, like, Dane was all for Stotts being fired. Dane made his first grumblings about, I need to know if we're going to win for me to stay here. Right. Mm -hmm. He was livid after game five. 
even um, like 10 minutes after his press conference, um, following the game five loss at Denver when he put up 55 points, he DM'd me pissed because of something I he saw me say on Twitter. And it was like, I'm not going to say exactly what he said, but he was pissed. Mm-hmm. And I could tell he was just emotional because of yeah. the loss. And that what he was pissing me about wasn't necessarily fair. So we kind of had a back and forth. And, you know, I was like, okay, name, you know, at least explain this to me. And then he explained it to me. I go, well, that's not what I was saying. And then, then also he went dark. And I assume on the flight, maybe lost transmission or whatever. I don't know. Then the next day he said, you know, okay, I was a little pissed last night. But, you know, so I probably overreacted. But I still think blah, blah, blah. Okay. So... That was like, when that happened, I was like, yeah, he, this is exactly what I believed was going to eventually come to is that he was going to reach a peak point of frustration. Then they lose the series and then he kind of cracked. Right. So the next year you have the surgery. And so he, I think he's gone 2022, if not for the surgery and then O'Shea being gone and Cronin starting a rebuild that he told him his plan. He's gone in 2022, I believe. So that season ends poorly. Now, then, like I just said, he comes in this past season, has a great season ever, and it falls apart in part because they didn't have any depth, they didn't have veterans, they didn't have enough length. Well, they knew that going into the season. And Cronin admitted at the season, we didn't have enough of that stuff. And Billups mm-hmm. said, we have to have that stuff. So you're admitting, Joe Cronin, that you dropped the ball on that roster. You didn't give Dan the best chance to win, and then dude went out and had his greatest season ever. And you ended up in tank mode on purpose, which you asked him. So the whole thing is just a complete, like, I don't want to say that. It's just a complete circus. It doesn't make any sense. And we're just eating away years of his prime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if we went to this next season and we get to the end of the season, they make the play and lose, or they make the first round and lose, and he's watching the box in the East Finals, thinking, oh, I could be there right now playing for the East Finals. I don't think he would be happy. I think he'd be pissed again. <laughs> and so why go there? So I kind of feel like he was being emotional in that moment. Miami or come back and that Cronin had a better view of the bigger picture, which was like, yeah, we, we not only can't we walk this back, but aside from emotion, because we're both going to be better off. So to me, and who said what, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't make any sense to walk this back. It's an interesting component, but all this Cronin's the devil and Cronin's this and Cronin that like, come on. get we Like one minute Cronin was a genius. For pulling off this trade and getting Aiden, despite Aiden's flaws, which we'll talk about. The next minute, he's the devil because he wouldn't let Dame come back. It's like, what? What are we talking about here? It's all just ridiculous. He ain't a genius yet. Get to the playoffs first, then come talk to me. You've, you've orchestrated two tanking seasons. I can't give you any credit for tanking, obviously, right? So get the team into contention and re- become relevant, and then, okay, I'll give you credit. But in this decision, I think he was 100% right, and I think Dame will realize that as well. All right, you got any more to say on this topic? No, let's move on. Okay, so let's so so let's talk about let's just talk about um, we we talked about Dame's situation already pretty much. It's great, it's amazing. It's, let's it's, talk yeah. about the overall trade package. So, as you look at it, and I am going to contest something you said about the Miami situation in a minute because we've gone back and forth about that the whole summer. Yeah. Um, I don't think you're wrong. I just think that there's another angle to this. Um, but just give me your – when you saw the haul and the package and the pieces and everything like that, what were your feelings? And what if, you know, if your feelings have evolved, what are your newest feelings? But basically break it down. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, my, my, my gut reaction was thumbs up 
Um, you know, I, I mean, I think that, you know, we talked a lot about picks this summer and how I wasn't as sold on the Miami picks as you were. Um, and I know and the thing is this trade is not complete yet. It is not complete. So it's, it's hard to, you know, give a full, you know, you know, from the aerial view viewpoint of the whole thing, but right. If you, if you trade Drew Holiday for two second round picks, it looks way worse than if you trade him for two first round picks. So we got to sort of yeah. see what happens there, right? Obviously, okay. obviously. Um, but just in terms of the picks that they got from Milwaukee, it just I'm just I'm just going to look at this from a general franchise standpoint. How okay? are they better picks? Explain that to me. How are okay. they better picks? Okay, Miami will always get free agents. Okay. Once Damien goes, you know, once, you know, if Damien would have gone there and, you know, him and Jimmy eventually age out, guess what? They're going to get another big guy. That's just what Miami does. People want to go to Miami. Exhibit A, Damien Lillard. Okay. Whereas Milwaukee is not as much of a free agent destination. They don't, they don't get huge free agent signings. That's just not something that really um, has happened there historically. So by 2029, like that pick, I feel like is gonna gonna have a little bit more value than it would at um, at Miami. Also, Drew, way more trade value than Tyler Hero. Like you're not gonna have the same amount of teams that are clamoring for Drew, Drew right now that you would have for Tyler because Drew can actually make a difference on a team that has championship aspirations. Hold up, hold up. Tyler Hero started for a finals team. Okay. And had yes, 37 but- in a key in a key in a key Eastern Conference Finals game against Boston as a rookie. So, he does have some impact, but you're right, Drew is better. Go ahead. Drew 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 just offers more, okay? At the end of the day, he offers more. So, the Blazers are going to get way more they're they're going to get more value for that because let's be frank, the the this the, the I would have been shocked to see Tyler Hero suit up for the Blazers. They would have tried to trade him as well. They would have tried to shop him as well, and I I don't think that the league reaction would have been as reportedly um, as as interested as people are in Drew. So you get a piece in that. You get your big man. Now, obviously, Aiton is Aiton. We know that he has flaws, but were you going to get – a, a big man, the caliber of Aiton out of a Miami deal? Uh, no. You, hold on a second. You could have gotten Aiton the same way with Miami yeah, that you got it with maybe. the Bucks. But continue. Well, I mean, Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen is the only thing that went from the Bucks to Miami or to Phoenix. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can find a Grayson Allen. You can find a salary. You can do all. I think the Aiden component and the day and the day where Dame and all sorts of different things with Miami to, to get something to the Suns. But anyway, I, I just don't think those landed component are, are separate. Okay. On paper, the overall package, I guess, looks better than what they could have gotten from Miami. We, but we don't really know what they could have gotten from Miami because that really didn't go anywhere. And all the reports are kind of all over the map. So to me, the, you know, the, the package that would have made sense would have been three first hero. You flip Hero for another fourth, for a fourth first. Mix, I'd want a 2029 swap, so I had a chance at lottery picks in 28, 29, 30. Um, one, at least one of the small forwards, and then, you know, you work out the, the salary match, et cetera, et cetera. So right now, they didn't get better from Milwaukee than that. 
It all depends on what they turn Holiday into. Now, a lot of people are saying, yeah, they got eight in this part of this package, but the Dame trade to Miami never included Nurkic and Little. So what people are doing is they're saying they got more than what they would have gotten from Dame going to Miami in this deal. Well, of course, they also included more. They included Dame, Nurkic, Little. We can say Keon, superfluous. We can say, I guess that's it. Um, So that's fine. But they gave up more in the overall package than they would have given up to Miami. Therefore, of course, it's better. But you're being dis- people are being disingenuous when they say, oh, it's way better than that. Well, you got to factor in the other assets given up. If they had given Dame, Nurkic, and Little to Miami for three first, Hero, and jo- then yeah, that would have been ridiculous. But that wasn't what was being discussed. It was just Dame. So you have to make, you have to take that into account. So I was told numerous times by numerous people that the Aiden deal was being discussed separately from Dame and could have been done separate of Dame or could have been done with Miami. So at the end of the day, what we don't know for sure is what they could have gotten from Miami because it, there never was clear discussions. And two, we don't know yet what they're going to get from Holiday. But if they get two firsts for Holiday, that's three firsts, two swaps, Grayson Allen, I don't believe that's better than the overall package they could have gotten from Miami had they sat down negotiating. I still I still think they could have gotten eight. Regardless, like, you know, at the end of the day, the only thing that cost Dane was actually going to Miami, but he's got a chance to win a championship, and you can't really ask for much more than that. So the question really is, where does this leave the Blazers moving forward? And so since everyone's making such a big deal about Aiden, let's start there. A new video just came out from the Blazers. Aiden's completely stoked and can't wait to get to Portland, which is, you know, I mean, that's fine, but I don't know how many – Players in NBA history would be excited to leave a potential championship situation where you're starting to go to a team that's going to be losing. But, hey, who knows what his reasons are. Obviously, there is turmoil down there. But give me your impressions of Aiden and what the Blazers are going to get from him. Okay. Well, first of all, he's actually already in Portland. There you go. Uh, is there going to be a press conference today? Are they going to introduce him tomorrow? I think we might wait a few days for that one. Uh, no, I want him separate from media day. Yeah, that would be great. Good. But I would be stunned if that actually happened. Boo. Um, yeah, I think we all would like that to be separated out. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see that one happening. Um, look. Break it down. Everyone has been clamoring for a big man. That is what... Everyone has been asking for for years and years here. Yes, Nurkic was Nurkic, but Nurkic was not. Nurkic and Aiden, Aiden, it's, it's two totally different types of posts, and people have been wanting a bigger post than Nurkic. So you finally do get that. Obviously, Aiden has had some issues uh, at at Phoenix in the past. Those are well-documented. Things have not always been great. There has been pouting, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Uh, right. But I think <laughs> there, has been there has been pouting. <laughs> That's just how you said it. That's great. Uh, <laughs> pout, the, the pouting has occurred. Um, <laughs> um, oh. But I, 
I do think that at the very least, you know, you get somebody who you can, I don't know if build around is the right term. I, I, I don't, I don't think that's right, but you get someone with some serious potential and we've known what the ceiling of that team has been for quite some time. Now, at least there's some sort of, if things go the way that everyone says it's going to go with Scoot and, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. And, you know, maybe they, they add some other things along the way. There is, there's, there's at least some sort of vision, I feel like. And at least they have a big man that is recognizing the league as being, I don't know, I think it's safe to say Talented. top 15 big man. I think that's it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I think so. Okay. And that is what everybody has been clamoring for around here. It is really hard to draft that. It is really hard to get that. So at the end of the day, I am pleased. You know, we saw, you know, you don't, when Nurk came in, Nurk was known for pouting as well. When Nurk left, he was known for pouting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and did he have his pouty moments in Portland? Yeah. Yeah, you know, we, we, we saw that. But he was able to mature and grow. Now, Aiden doesn't have Damian Lillard around to keep that in check. So mm-hmm. see how this goes. See how this goes. But I I do think that it's a good change of scenery for all involved. We will see what happens. At least you get your top 15 big man that you have been pining for for years. I mean, when was the last? I think Nurkis. I think I think Nurkis was top fifteen. You think he was? Okay. Yeah, okay. Name fifteen better, flat out better. Yeah, I mean, I I think I think the injury stuff definitely. Um, you know, he he just he he struggled in staying healthy, which is which okay. is not his fault. Let me let me true. Let me say one thing about that: the finger injury, fluke. And then the last two years, he lost games because of tanking. Yeah. So people, I would see people like, he only played 50 something games the last two seasons. They also tanked the last two seasons. He could have played 60 plus easy. But anyway, continue. Yeah. I mean, okay. Let's, let's look at it this way. Okay. <laughs> when was the last time the Blazers had a center of Andre Ayton's caliber? Greg Oden. Yeah. And obviously that, that was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. And also, we never, a, a, Odin had the potential to be as good as Aiden, but we never fully saw it because of, once again, interest. Correct. So, you know, you you have somebody with with potential, at least, and we have not seen somebody with that potential in quite some time. So I'm excited about that. You have the floor, Aaron, because I can tell I am tired. (laughs) Okay? Continue. Did you not have coffee this morning, Brenna? You Did you think? not have coffee? I, I don't know. My like, I, I it's been a it's been a long forty eight hours, and it's been emotional for you because, like you said, you have you feel a connection to Dane. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm going to start with uh, the red flags, and then we'll get into the positives here. Yeah. First of all, I, I think I think what they got in the end was more in line with what Dame's actual value was 
as opposed to the fantasy value that people seem to have while trying to ignore the fact that he's 33 and not 28. Mm-hmm. If he was 28, I think you end up getting a proven big guy, not a project. Mm-hmm. I think you get a wing or a really good guard, not someone 33 with two years left on a deal looking to retire, which he's said in, in Drew Holiday. <clears throat> so I think if you come away from this with a project like Aiden, I think that's fine. Because if he becomes, if he fulfills his potential, oh my God, right? You got an all-star big who's only 25. If he's just what he's been, he's still pretty damn good, right? He's not great. He can. He's going to be frustrating. People are going to be pissed. Be prepared. You're going to go to games. He's going to be 3 or 14. He's not going to look interested. You're going to wonder why he's 3 or 14 going up against some schlub. And he's going to have nine points. And at the end of the game, he's going to make some mistakes and you're going to be mad. Same things that would happen with Nurkic sometimes because he was wildly inconsistent. Yep. But Nurkic cost $17 million a year. And people cried about that contract. I don't know how many people were saying, we got off that contract. He was making $17 mil. That's nothing. Aiden makes $34. So is Aiden twice as good? Not according to any analytics I saw out there. I mean, Raptor on 538 has Aiden as a, as a zero war. <laughs> Wins above replacement. Nurkic is 2.6. They had Aiton as a, as a negative 2.4 defender, negative, no, sorry, negative three defender, negative 2.4 offensively for a minus 2.7, whereas uh, Nurkic was much closer to just a flat zero. Um, so according to that analytic rating, which we can take some of these with a grain of salt, Nurkic is better and cheaper. Um, but the one thing I love about Aiton, probably more than anything in this, is dude finishes around the rim. Yes. I don't know how many times I was just like, Nurkic, how did you miss? How did you miss that, bro? And why did you just dunk over dude? Just dunk on him. Why are you trying to do a little kiss off the glass or a little? Oh, it was so annoying. Aiden, 77% on shots inside of five feet. Nurkic, 60.9, which for last season, which is just abysmal for a guy that big, that tall around the basket. That's just not acceptable. It's just, you're just killing yourself two or three times a game. You're killing yourself. That's four or six free points. Um, so I love that aspect about Aiden, but here's the thing. DeAndre Aiden couldn't find the motivation and, and, and will to compete at a high level with a championship team. He's playing next to Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant, and he fell to pieces against Denver. Ten points a game or whatever, eight rebounds. People were killing him. There's videos of him just being lazy, et cetera, et cetera. Reports out of Phoenix that Devin Booker didn't want anything more to do with this guy. So now he's going to come to Portland where there's no legitimate – I guess the most legitimate leader on the team would be Ant, who's, who's coming Grant. into himself. And I think Ant – Grant's very quiet and unassuming. Though. I know. I know. Well, both of them are. Right. But I think – I think I, okay, I think Grant is short for this team. Like, I, I don't think they're going to try and keep Grant. Yeah. He's 29. It doesn't make sense. You know, I, I just, I feel like, I, I think, I feel like when they can, they're going to try and move him. If, if I'm Ant, I'm assuming control of this team. I'm coming in like this is my team. Mm-hmm. And so I think Ant will be some of, of a leader, but not on Dame's level. So you don't have a veteran presence really that I think Aiden's going to look at and go, oh yeah, I got to listen to this guy. So then everything falls really on Billups, who's going to be saddled with trying to help raise these two young guards in scoot and sharp while also trying to reinvent Aiton, whom one of his best pals, Monty Williams, 
wanted gone, <laughs> but Monty ended up getting fired anyway. But clearly those two did not get along. There's videos of them arguing, et cetera, and, and Monty benching him. Maybe a different bedside manner from Billups helps Aiton. Maybe coming to a team that doesn't have any pressure to win yeah. is better for Aiton. Maybe he just simply wasn't ready for that pressure. Not everyone is. You can have number one overall pick talent, but not come in ready to be instantly on a team that's trying to contend and have the responsibilities that come with that. Not everyone is ready to do that. That's why we laud people like, you know, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson who came into the league so young. Magic's 19. You know, Kareem goes down and he dominates game six of the NBA finals. But Magic was a completely different animal. Not everyone's ready to do that. And so I give I give Aiden the benefit of the doubt there because maybe he just wasn't ready to handle it and maybe he comes to Portland. Now there's no pressure, man. You're not trying to. You're not trying to win. If you get in the plan, that's awesome. And so he can just maybe relax. He can get to know these younger players, as opposed to a Chris Paul who's like, you know, Chris Paul's desperately trying to win a championship in my last few years. He's going to be hanging out with Scoot, nineteen, Shaden, twenty. Those guys are chill, low key guys. Ants, low key. Grants, low key. They all want to win, but they're not expecting to win the title. So I think that could help him. Um, one more thing I'll say in the history of the NBA, and I haven't done a deep dive into this. Just off the top of my head, but I can't think of a time where a number one overall pick who didn't already achieve greatness went to another team and achieved greatness. Mm -hmm. That said, although he wasn't a number one pick, a great example that I think the Blazers hope Aiton can follow would be Lowry Markkinen, who went to Chicago and struggled and was, you know, people question sometimes his effort. They questioned his uh, toughness. It didn't work out there. His shooting fell off, which was really depressing for me because I had high hopes for Lowry. Then he goes to Cleveland, and Cleveland took him as basically a role player. Like, you're not going to be a focal point of the offense. Then he goes to Utah, and all of a sudden, he's going down the lane, dunking on fools and flexing, and he's rebounding like a madman, and he's a freaking all-star. Like, it's just crazy what happened. And he did that at age 25. So maybe Aiden... Gets to Portland and blossoms. It could absolutely 100% happen. And if it does, this deal, regardless of what happens with Holiday, this deal is an absolute home run, period. So I have hopes for the kid, but there's a lot of red flags. We love a good Arizona Wildcats recovery story. Uh <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I love that you use Lori as your example. That was funny. Uh, I always call him Lowry. Lowry. I always call him Lowry. Is it, but I think it is Lori, though. I, I, you know what? Honestly, I don't claim to, to know exactly how to pronounce everybody's name. <laughs> I got I got a lot of other names I got to worry about around here and non-NBA things. Um, <laughs> you ever had a highlight thrown at you? I mean, let me tell you. High school football no. highlights? Oh, boy. Um <laughs> Oh, hey, I I just had to usually just make sure I spelled them right to write them. But I had a uh, roster to go to. You have to say it on say it and not yeah and not exactly know how it's pronounced unless you get get it checked by somebody, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I forget what team. <laughs> you gotta give a. I forget what team it was. It might have been Tualatin. I don't know. They had pronunciations on their roster, and let me tell you, whoever did that. I love you. Um, okay. So, um, <laughs> believe it was to Wallaton. Um, yeah, I, I, 
You know, everybody all hopes it works out. I hope it works out for everybody. You know, I really do. I hope Dame wins his championship. And, you know, I know he didn't go to Miami. But this is, this if, if that was option 1A, boy, is this option 1B. Like, it's a hell of an option 1B. So I hope it works out for him. I hope the Blazers are able to rebuild and get where they need to go. This is going to take a while. As you said, this is not going to be a team that's going to win a bunch of games next year, so we'll see how DeAndre reacts to that. Because he is used to winning a bunch of games. So this is going to be different. It's going to be it's not going to be the Phoenix Suns in terms of that. So that that's that's going to take some adjustment on his end as well, I would imagine. Um he seems excited now. Like overly excited. Uh which is interesting. <laughs> Yeah. I mean maybe maybe it's all uh maybe it's all an act. We'll see. Um we'll see what happens with Drew. I'm interested to see if Drew's a media day on Monday. <laughs> I mean the goal is Yeah, I, I think I think it's getting done. I think it's getting done soon. I don't think whoever, whoever, there's so many teams that want I mean that's what's interesting is that you just spent time trying to deal down to a few teams. That means those teams needed point guards. So here's another point guard. Hey, call Chicago, Toronto, Miami. Hey, we were talking to you guys about this point guard, about Damian. Here's, we got another point guard who's won a championship, plays their defense in Damian, and last year had his best offensive season ever. Are you interested in him? And, he, you know, you see where that goes. Or it could be, you know, Celtics get involved, Clippers were after Harden. Um, you know, maybe other teams get mixed in. Who knows what, you know, who gets picks thrown in and this player goes there and about, you know, you get all these teams involved next, you know, people are flying all over the place. So who knows? But I, I think it'll be done before. Um, can't release. I'm, I'm hoping so. I want to go into this clean. Okay, last thing. We're not even. We're not. I guess we're not. We're not going to talk. We don't have time to talk about Colorado and Dion. That's old news anyway. Yeah. Let's. Last thing on the Blazers. Uh. Even if even if we know they're probably not going to win this season, they're just too young. They're, they're, they don't have the depth. There's a lot of the problems with last year without Dame. Um. Are you excited to watch this team in action? Because, you know, as of right now, to me, you start Scoot, Ant, and Sharp. Just sharp, start Sharp at the three. You don't have another three to get, like, who would be better than Sharp at the three. So, obviously, you're flawed there because you're small. Yeah. Here we go. Back, you know, same to the back, back to the same old thing. You're too small. Grant and Aiton. That team, I mean, that's four guys who can shoot the – well, three guys who can shoot the three. Scoot can't shoot the three, but he can penetrate and dish to the guys who can shoot the three and give it off to Aiton for the dunks, Right. They're going to be flying up and down the court. They're going to be fun to watch. There's just way too many flaws. They're going to be. They're going to make a lot of young mistakes. People are going to be be able to. Veterans are going to team. Veteran teams who know how to play together are going to be able to manipulate them and get open shots and just, you know, they're they're just going to lose a lot of games. They're going to be probably frustrating if you have high expectations. But at the very least, don't you feel like this is going to be a very entertaining and interesting team? Yeah, I I mean. It'll be very interesting to be on the ground floor of whatever this ends up being, because we are at ground zero for this team right now. You know, this is this is a, definitely a new era, to say the least. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see how it works out. I'm there's going to be moments of um, there's going to be low moments. There are going to be high moments this year. We are going to go on a roller coaster, uh, but at least on that roller coaster, the expectations are not what they were before. So, 
We know what we're going into this season. Enjoy the good moments. Don't take the hard moments so seriously. And I think that'll, I think, I think for Blazers fans, that'll be nice in a way to not have that pressure and not have that Damien situation hanging over their head. Like, oh gosh, if we don't perform, Damien's gone. And that is what it has been the last two to three seasons. So to not have that boogeyman in the corner and just be able to be like, you know what? We're going to have fun when it's fun and when it's bad. It's not going to be the end of the world. I think I think that'll be a bit of an exhale for this fan base because uh, there's been some clinched butt cheeks over the last however many years. Okay, <laughs> like right. it's it's been tense. It's been tense. So yeah. um, yeah, I I think that'll be I think that'll be a nice reprieve at least for this year. Obviously, it cannot stay that way forever. So we will see how this all evolves. But um, I, I am ex- in some ways like going into a season without a lot of pressure, I think is going to be kind of a, a nice uh, release for this fan base. Right. We'll see how it all unfolds. We will see. All right. Okay. I guess real quick. Yeah. You're t- Okay. Going to the Oregon thing real quick. It was on a rundown. Let's just touch on it real quick. So, big, obviously, a dominating win. Did it mean anything beyond them just beating a team that they were way better than? I mean, all this talk about the show that they were for real. People spent a week saying that Colorado was overrated. They came in as a 21-point dog. Oregon blasted them, and now it's like, oh, they're a legit playoff team. How can you be a legit playoff team based on wins over Colorado and Texas Tech when you barely beat Texas Tech? Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think that Oregon was just way better than Colorado. I mean, Colorado showed signs of cracking the week before against Colorado State. Right. I, I've followed Colorado State pretty closely. I think I mentioned that on this podcast. Um, they have not been good. They were not good last year. So the fact that Colorado State took them to overtime um, tells me that there are there is some there's some cracks in the armor over at Colorado right now. You know, it's it's fascinating because. Um, yeah, the Ducks shouldn't have been – they shouldn't have been challenged by Texas Tech in the way they were. They were. So I guess at least they have, like, some sort of, you know, notch under their belt. Like, okay, we can overcome adversity. When we had – you know, okay, this is us assuming that Oregon beat Stanford. For the love of God, I mean, come on, guys. Um, that should happen. Um, and this also assumes that Washington wins this weekend. But going into that UW game – you know, neither of these teams have really played a team that is up to their caliber yet. So that is going to be really fascinating in Seattle because, boy, UW schedule, woof, okay? It, yes, they look really good. They look great, but they have not played anybody really so far this year. They've played some good programs. They haven't played anybody that is remotely up to what their caliber but they play a better team than Oregon has. You think no? so? I'm trying to look at their schedule. Uh, Boise State does not look very good this year. Michigan State definitely doesn't look good this year. Uh, Cal? Mm-hmm. But Okay, but Texas Tech doesn't look good this year. I agree with you. And, and Colorado looked decent. I mean, they barely beat TCU. They barely beat Colorado State. 
they they walked all over Nebraska, but none of those teams were any good, right? So, you, so th- and we just agreed the Colorado team was not a matchup for Oregon, twenty one point dog. Yep. So I just you know, I'm not saying that either of these. Anyone either. I I do think Oregon's schedule has been probably a hair better. Really? Okay. Well, mm-hmm. at least they played someone who's ranked. They're not ranked anymore. I know, but time. <laughs> UW hasn't played anybody who's been ranked. Well, I, I okay, yeah, all right. Um, okay, Tulsa, Tulsa is better than PSU. Boise State's better than Hawaii. Michigan State, Texas, Texas Tech. Uh, that is that a wash? And then Cal and the Colorado, kind of a wash. I don't know. They, let's, let's just say this: neither one of us played anybody. Yeah, I think that's. I think we agree that. on that. We, we agree with that. No, I I agree with you. I, I think that's fair. I think I think. Okay, saying, okay. Shadur Sanders is definitely the best quarterback out of any of the, the any of those any of those quarterbacks that has played, and Oregon took it to him. So um, true. So but they let Tyler Shuck put up four hundred yards of offense, though, right? What'd you say? Yeah, they let Tyler Shuck put up like four hundred yards of offense. Yeah, that wasn't great. Um, <laughs> like Look, neither was, team has truly been tested. Yeah. At the end of the day, we can nitpick the opponents all we want. In two weeks, that game is going to be fire, and I got you, Deb. You got you, Deb. Okay, all right. I got you, Deb. I think Penix is going to carve up Oregon. All right. Well, we will but discuss we that more in two weeks because we've got – We will. Yeah, we we've got we've got some time to say the least. But we've got some time. We've got training camp. You're now you're going to be gone next week. Yeah, you're going to England, going London. To England. I'm going to England. Well, I'm going. To, I'm going. I'm flying into London, but then I'm not going to be really in London for long. So okay. So yeah. Uh, so you'll be in London while I'll be in Santa Barbara at training camp. Yeah, you were like you said before we started. He's like you're you're taking vacation during training camp. I was like. Uh, I don't think anybody's paying for me to go to Santa Barbara right now. I would happily do that. Um, so, so I'm going to go to London instead, or I'm going to go to England instead, I guess I should say. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, so we'll, we'll try to figure out a time maybe that works next week so that we can, we can continue this. Cause I'm sure you're taking the mic, you're packing the mic. I mean, it's not like it, it's not like it takes room. <laughs> Is he going to get through customs? Yeah, I think I think I think that'll fly through customs. I think it'll be. <laughs> I, think, I think I think the Brits will let that will let that. Um. So yeah. Anyway. All right. We will see, but I, I'm sure that we will have plenty of discuss <clears throat> next week, especially after oh, yeah. Monday at Media Day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. That's it for the Oregonian Sports Podcast. Featuring myself, Aaron Fentress of the Oregonian Oregon Live, and featuring Brenna Green of Coin Six. We will be back next week with a pod uh, recorded with me in Santa Barbara and Brenna in England. Hopefully. Yeah, we'll see. I kind of feel like Brenna's going to be in England and not be bothered with, oh, I got a pod. I ain't got time for this. I'm too busy having trouble or having fun getting in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> To be getting on. Can I confirm or deny? Um. (laughs) (laughs) All right, give us a positive rating and uh, click that subscribe button, and we'll be back soon. Take care. Mm